Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 2nd, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is GameSpot's Lucy James. Hello, how you doing? Doing good, Lucy. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Glad it's Friday. Yeah, no, I'm very, very happy it's Friday. I feel like it's been an uncares, uncares, I got, I can't talk, uncharacteristically <laughs> long week for like no I, reason. I don't know. I think April Fools automatically adds like three days mm. to any given week if you work in media slash are very online. Yes. How many times did you get got yesterday? Um, you know what? Once, but it hurt the most mm -hmm. because I got got by the one ring.net. What was uh, this? So the OneRing.net is a very, very infamous uh, Tolkien um, fan website. Back when the original trilogy was filming, they would get like a bunch of scoops. They have been like trying to do stuff with all the new Amazon show and they post stuff all the time. And then yesterday they tweeted something where it was like, the original US publisher of uh, Tolkien's works has finally given away how many copies The Lord of the Rings has, uh, has sold over its lifetime. And it's more than, you know, all of Harry Potter makes Tolkien the best-selling author in the world. And I was like, wow, that could that seems logical. That I could see that. And then they tweeted this morning that it was all in the oh, no. ruse. And I'm I've just I'm just hurt. The one that got me yesterday was very upsetting for me because I was part of it. <laughs> like oh, no. IGN, IGN posted the Zoom Royale thing. And I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, oh, fuck, Zoom is doing a Royale thing. And I, I started watching it, and I was like, no, this seems familiar. And then I watched a few more seconds, and I was like, I think I'm in this. And then sure enough, I'm literally in the thing. Like, I, 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 like I, I had it scheduled on my calendar, showed up, did the whole thing, and then forgot about it immediately. And so when I was watching it, I was like, fuck, I'm in this. Oh uh, it God. still got me. It still got me. So happy that's April Fool's, everybody. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, that's the mark of a good goof. Oh, yeah. Get that you're in it. Yes. Lucy, enough mm. about goofs though. Let's Ooh. talk about MLB the show launching on Game Pass, a killer out today section for Apple Arcade, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, it's Friday, which means that you're getting some reactions content. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier reactions will go up on youtube.com slash kindoffunny today. Uh, and then you're also going to get your invincible reactions. That'll th Those will both be up today over on youtube.com slash kindoffunny. And then Monday, uh, you can join Andy, Mike, and Greg Miller himself. They'll be streaming Outriders, showing off NVIDIA's cool DLSS tech that's starting at 11 a.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash games. And like I've said earlier, DLSS will never fail to impress me. It'll never fail. How much do you know about DLSS, Lucy? Uh, I was at the CES uh, a few years ago when NVIDIA were really showing off DLSS. Um, and so I remember thinking, oh my God, that's really, really cool. And like, they just right. had a bunch of the AI stuff working and it just looked, that was the point where I was like, I want to build a PC. And here now, finally, three years later, I have begun my process of building that PC. Boom. Will we will we convince Greg Miller that PC is the way to go? You can check that out oh. Monday, twitch.tv slash <laughs> Uh Thank you to our Patreon producers. Uh, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Tom Bach, Trent Berry, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one this morning, a bomb dropped. MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox Game Pass day one. I'm pulling from news.xbox.com where they write, We're delighted to, to announce that the MLB, MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one and will be available on April 20th for Xbox Series X slash S and Xbox One, as well as on Android phones uh, and tablets via Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta for Ultimate members. Both MLB The Show 21, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X slash S standard editions will be included with Xbox Game Pass, so members will be able to play the best version of the game regardless of which console they're on. And with cross-platform 
cross-platform play in progress, you can play against others online and earn and use content across the platform and generation you choose. As we said from the beginning, this is an incredible incredible moment for us, uh, and bringing the franchise to more players and baseball fans is something that we at MLB, MLB Players, Inc., and Xbox are all excited about. We can't wait for Xbox fans to experience the fastest, deepest, and most intense moment-to-moment baseball action yet. With pinpoint pitching, brand new fielding mechanics, and gameplay styles, Xbox, Xbox gamers are in, for, are in for a treat when MLB The Show 21 launches on April 20th. Lucy, a PlayStation exclusive franchise, not only coming to Xbox, but coming to Xbox Game Pass. What is your reaction to this? I mean, first of all, I'm British. So MLB is a thing that has just never crossed my consciousness until all of this uh, Sony Xbox stuff. That's super, because I, I was I was uh I was requested to ask you specific MLB things. Uh, oh, because no. you would you would probably know <laughs> them, so I was like, I was wondering like mm-hmm. what your thoughts on were on like the Francisco Lindor deal with the Mets, uh, being a huge, huge. contract, three hundred four, uh, three hundred forty one million dollar contract, three hundred forty one million. Oh for, my god, for ten years. Mm-hmm. What, what are your that's thoughts crazy. on that, Lucy? Crazy for baseball. I mean, that's I, that's just an obscene amount of money, regardless of sport. But I yeah, not to make it all about baseball. I have actually been to see the um uh AT&T Park Oracle Park I've been to see the Giants a couple times and that was fun um what are you what are the, your thoughts on Buster Posey as a catcher overall uh, oh my god don't get me started on Buster you know what I watched the unofficial <laughs> Bash Brothers uh Lonely Island thing yeah. I've listened to the soundtrack a bunch of times I'm not even joking when I tell you that that is the limit of my baseball knowledge <laughs> like Jose and Mark that that that's album a, is a weird. Noise. That is a weird <laughs> yeah, trip. So it's the weirdest thing. Watch it. It's hilarious. Barry, you're 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 the big uh, MLB person. At kind of funny. Does this strike like? Why does this strike you? Like, does this strike you as as crazy? Um, I mean, less because it's uh, like baseball, and more just because you know I, I, I said a very intense term when we were off air. Uh, but this <laughs> is like Sony has to you know, make this game like Sony was in this relationship with MLB and MLB was like, you know what, you know, what would make this relationship even more fun if we opened this up to other people. Uh, and then MLB started mm-hmm. uh, hanging out with Xbox and, you know, PlayStation couldn't really go anywhere. Uh, and then, you know, MLB and Xbox are having this great time and Sony just has to kind of like sit down and and watch it. And it's it's just like they they're in a bind here. And it's really interesting to see uh, uh, how this goes down. <laughs> Are you saying that MLBs started to invite Xbox to like the nice box? Yeah. The catered box. And yeah. Sony's just like back down on the bleachers. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Like, yeah. It's great for Xbox players, but it, it is one yeah. of those things where it's just like, man, like it, it's it it's weird to see what was a technically Sony first party up until this year drop yeah. day one on Game Pass. So to me, it's obvious I mean, that and- like MLB is calling the shots for this. Oh, yeah. Like anything. I mean, it, I mean, it is still a first-party game, right? Like, it is being developed by Sony San Diego. Uh, it's being published by PlayStation, but I think as pointed out by Patrick Klepik on Twitter, uh, it seems like MLB is the publisher on the Xbox side of things, which I think is the big indicator for how and why this is happening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if this is if this is a... a um, uh, th- th- these are the tides shifting towards. Hey, you're gonna see more PlayStation first parties on Xbox, or you're gonna see more PlayStation first parties on Xbox Game Pass. I don't think that's the, that that's necessarily the case here. I think the case here is MLB sees the opportunity for Xbox Game Pass, which is a huge thing because I think that that um that points for that's point that points towards huge things for Xbox Game Pass in terms of what that service means. Um, but I wonder for MLB if it's a thing of, hey, this is a franchise that is coming new to Xbox fans, it's coming new to Xbox players, and so for this iteration, we want as many people to get into it as possible, and to do that, Xbox Game Pass is probably the the most mm-hmm. ideal uh, way to release the game, so that this year, Xbox fans have, have a thing they can look towards and go, oh shoot, this is on Xbox Game Pass, This is a, I know this is a big baseball franchise, I'm going to try this out, and then mm-hmm. come MLB 22... That's when they, they they pull it back and they go, okay, no, now you got to buy this thing. Now we got you hooked. Now 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 we're gonna yeah. reel you in, reel that fish in. You know what I mean? I was gonna say, I I wonder as well if how this came about now. I I mm. just I wonder about the timing. I mean, Xbox has been so vocal and so open with working with everyone 
And so it must have just been MLB giving it that final push to get this over the finish line because yeah. Sony has typically been more reticent to kind of play nice with others. Obviously, there is a little bit more uh, Sony content coming on PC, uh, Quantic Dream, for example, Horizon, um, Death Stranding. And it's just, it's so strange. And I think even when we had Master Chief in Fortnite and Kratos in Fortnite and seeing them on their different respective platforms, that was so strange. And I genuinely think that's just the beginning. I think we're going to get so much more of this, whether if it's going to be, you know, I can't necessarily, I could see Microsoft saying, hey, if you want, if you guys want to have Halo on Sony platforms, that's fine. We'd be down with that. I still, I still think there's going to be that friction there though. But I think in terms of like opening the door, you know, so much more, so many more games have cross play now, cross platform play. I, I think there's just going to be more and more of this, but it's so strange to see first party stuff. First party I, yeah. stuff, stuff I can't get my head around. I, I, I don't know if this is going to be the, the, the foot in the door. And I don't know if this is actually like what's going on in the back end, like what people think. Cause even Greg uh, pointed out our Slack, uh, Slack that, I think Patrick Klepek pointed out that MLB is listed as the publisher for yeah. Xbox. It's not even oh, yeah, PlayStation. Yeah. So you need you need that. I mean, like a force as huge as MLB. Yeah. You know, I'm assuming they're similar to you know FIFA and all the other sports regulatory people. But it's like they are putting the money behind this. And I imagine it's oh, like yeah. some some exec at MLB who's like, yeah. "Hey, my kids asked for an Xbox this year, but why can't why on our why isn't MLB on Xbox? Yeah, exactly. Well." And then just yeah. like pushing that through, but and I wonder seeing if, like, their um, service that like they probably only hear great things about because mm-hmm. when Game Pass is talked about, it's always talked about as like one of the best deals in gaming. So they're like, "Hey, we should be a part of that." It's just one of those funny things where on the other side you got PlayStation Plus, and it's like, "All right, well, nothing mm-hmm. going on there." Yeah, I mean, I think this this speaks to Xbox Game Pass is something beyond just a, a great deal, right? Like, you know, actually, I'm gonna pull in a question from the Nano Bot. Just writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, Hey guys, I'm sure today you're getting a ton of does this mean Game Pass is coming to PlayStation and the occasional does this mean Sony games will be coming to Game Pass day one questions today with all of this MLB the show news. However, I want to know your opinions about what this could mean for future deals made for Game Pass. This is probably a time deal and will be available for, let's say, six months on the service. This would mean that not only is there a sales bump for just being $60 on Xbox and the Game Pass discount, but more subs and sales as more people want to check this game out. Is this the creation of a new Game Pass deal with Xbox and other major publishers? Do you think we'll see more timed releases on Game Pass to push the faux, scar- the, the faux scarcity, scarcity mindset to its fullest to not only bump up sales numbers, even if discounted, but player numbers and downloads, even if it means Sony looking bad to their own customers who are still getting it for $70? What other possibilities does this deal kick kick the door wide open for as we are now entering the uh, entering phase three of xbox game pass thanks the nanobiologist there's a lot here but Mm -hmm. i do think the idea that we've seen lately xbox game pass making bigger and bigger moves and that not seeming to to slow down at all i think that i think that is indicative of something i think we're not going to see see this slow down you know we just got outriders on game pass yesterday and the day after outriders comes out on game pass we're getting mlb the show being announced for game pass i think during the year you're probably going to see more surprises come out for game pass uh and like you like lucy you mentioned earlier right that like you know why now right like why like why are they announcing this now why is this thing that's just coming around i think that's even that's that's also interesting on the side of, yeah, this game's about a month from a release. Like, MLB The Show, Barry, you, you probably know better than me. MLB The Show is coming out in, like, a couple weeks, right? Uh, April 20th, 420, blaze it. Okay, 420. So, yeah, in a, in a few weeks. And Outriders, that coming to Game Pass was announced a few weeks before that came, came to Game Pass. Like, it's, it's, it, it seems that the closer certain certain publishers publishers and certain devs get to releasing their games, and the more they, they start to see, I don't know if it's optics or pre-order numbers or what, but that switch seems to flip, and it seems to be a. They seem to see value in Game Pass. They see they see it as a viable uh, road to go down, and I think that is a mixture of uh, getting it in people's hands, boosting player numbers. Uh, you know, with a game like Outriders, Outriders doesn't seem to have uh, DLC or micro microtransactions. But I wonder if maybe they have that plan down the road, and if, if that turns into a, a value opportunity for them. For MLB the Show, like I said earlier, right? Like get the first edition in people's hands, and then later later down the road, when you release MLB 22, or when you take this one off of Game Pass in six months, or however that however that pans out, 
you then get that return. You then have people return or buy the game full or do what they want to do in order to actually continue to stick around for that game and become a fan of MLB. I think there, I think there's a lot there, but I do think so much of it speaks to the power of what Game Pass is. And for the Sony thing, right on the Sony side of things, I think that I think this is where this this becomes the most interesting because. I got another question here from Mitch Crasson, who wrote into Patreon and said, this is the first time I was planning on buying MLB The Show for PlayStation. Go Padres. But with the news coming, the news, the news coming from Xbox, it almost feels gross to pay $70 to play it on PlayStation 5 at this point. What are the odds of PlayStation having some sort of retali- retaliatory move before the game comes out? It seems like so far, Sony has been asleep at the wheel for 2021. And I think that is kind of a... like. It, on the PlayStation side of things, it is kind of heavy when you are the de- the devs of this game. You are the ones who've been publish- publishing this game for decades. You are the one putting in work behind making this thing, and then all of a sudden, your main competitor has the way better deal on obtaining this thing. I understand. I, it, there's a lot of friction there, and again, again, it speaks to the power of what Xbox Game Pass is. Again, there's a there, there was a harsh term that I use, but you know, PlayStation <laughs> yeah, yeah. just has to has to just sit. And watch yeah. uh, MLB and Xbox have a lot of fun together, and they just have to sit and watch the entire thing. But it's not like Sony's going to lose out on this because they will have been paid to put mm-hmm. the game on Game Pass. And yeah. if that gives them a whole new audience, are there microtransactions in MLB? Fair enough. If there is, like the modes that I play, they don't. Um, I, I, I could see uh, uh, some of the modes possibly having it, but. Uh, a lot of people yes. in chat are saying yes. Oh, Everybody, everybody's saying so, yes. I mean, so yeah, so they're going to get money that way. And I do wonder, so if there is, you know, I would assume that Microsoft would take a cut of microtransactions if the game is being sold on their platform. And you would imagine that perhaps maybe that has also been negotiated so that Sony's getting a cut as well as Microsoft. Oh, so yeah. basically, like, everyone's going to be benefiting from this, like, especially people who love baseball and have owned Xboxes and have never been able to play MLB. It's just like, it is so weird. And we were talking about this on Generation Next last year, which is like the show we did about new console stuff, where it was like, it seems like this stuff is always cyclical. And there's always just like, between Sony and Microsoft, there is this one front runner in terms of who's doing their PR better. And for the launch of Xbox One and uh, PS4, it was definitely Sony. And they, you know lent into that arrogant sony thing and they did the the infamous video that's now kicking them in the ass which is mm. the um here's how to share games on ps4 and handing you know shuhei handing over the the ps4 disc and now it's like you have this week alone where you've got nintendo taking killing mario and i mean yep. honestly Rest in peace. a shrewd move but it's to be expected from nintendo because that's what they've done for 30 odd years right it's like create this fake sense of scarcity people will buy it and that's what's happened with mario playstation i don't know what they're doing there just like taking away i mean we're going to talk about this in a bit but like taking away potentially thousands of games from people and then you've got game pass from xbox who are just making these moves putting bethesda on there putting ea on there but also making these really strong moves to bring sony games on like just to basically take and and give as many games as they can get on that service and so it's so wild to see the the waves of this i guess yeah Um, do you do you think there will be any sort of in mitch crasson's question right here he he asks right do you see do you see any sort of retaliatory move uh before the game comes out for mlb the show do you think there's anything playstation could even do in order to kind of counteract game pass here so not so i don't know Mm-hmm. with regards to like where this game is at in development but if it's out in two three weeks that feels like way too late for sony to go oh okay well this team or this um i don't know you know how um fifa and pez in the uk um you know certain competitions would be yeah uh dependent and so i don't know if sony even has the ability to kind of hold stuff back for their version at this point but i can't see for the rest of the year Part of me wonders if Sony's going to keep doing their thing where they try and get timed exclusives. So, you know, Ghostwire Tokyo, they always typically have a relationship with COD. Um, Previously, Destiny, you know, they would get exclusive content. And I mean, they did that with Avengers and look how that's panned out. All of Mm -hmm. that stuff's been delayed. 
but you've got to wonder if there aren't these really serious questions like serious conversations happening at sony right now going what can we do to compete and unless them closing the ps3 vita stores is them working on their own game pass with their own legacy content i don't know what else they're going to be doing for the rest of the year because that just seems like such a bizarre move when when their competitors are building up these services around them yeah i see a lot of people in the chat have been mentioning like ps plus as a possible move and i mm-hmm. like i i i don't see it like i i, I think if they were to make a big move, that would be the big move to make, right? Put this game out and launch on game on um PS Plus. Um, but I'm sure for Sony, they still see that value in terms of sales at launch for MLB The Show, mm-hmm. right? Especially on the PlayStation platform. Like, there's so many people that show up for that game year to year. And for MLB The Show, like, I know every now and then, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe MLB The Show every now and then will come out for PS Plus, like, later in the year yeah. or the year yeah. after the yeah. game comes out. Um, which I think is a valuable strategy because you get those first day sales and then also you get to double dip on getting people into the franchise later on. But right now, the play, like, I do see the Xbox Game Pass move as a move to get people in, as a move to introduce a whole audience to this franchise and make it feel like a thing that you can't miss out on because it's right there and it's free. PlayStation doesn't have that for MLB The Show, right? PlayStation fans, if you're if you're a PlayStation fan and you wanna you wanna play a baseball game or you like a baseball game, then you are into MLB the show. Like they got you. They don't need to make yeah. that move. And yeah. so like for putting it on PS like putting it on PS Plus, I don't think would be a good strategic decision because at that point it's like, what are you like I guess you're doing you're you're doing that to satiate your fan base that might feel burnt because this the this other audience is able to get it for quote unquote free, right? Paying mm-hmm. for a subscription in order to get it. Um, but I don't think that's enough for PlayStation yeah. or to actually and, make that. And move. for the people who like are casual baseball or, or like casual gamers who only play like sports games and play MLB the show every year and stuff like that. Like I don't know if like they're in like the know of paying attention to this kind of stuff. So like they're probably in already anyway, you know. So mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah that, that 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 would be a lot of money I, I would say uh that would be left on the table. Also, I just mm-hmm. want to say to chat, I streamed MLB the show last year for like 150 hours it was my most streamed game i play Whoa. a fuck ton of that game but there's so much you can do that game and avoid microtransactions so i'm sorry oh, i wasn't yeah. in the know of diamond dynasty you dorks dude i played i played so much fifa and i never uh, or i've barely touched ultimate team in the years that i played fifa and so i couldn't i couldn't tell you much about ultimate team because i just play online seasons and i play yeah. with friends like that's the great thing about sports games you can pick a mode and just get lost in it and not give yeah. a fuck about anything else uh, also, chat. Uh, I did see someone say the the stuff I was talking about with Sony giving all their stuff. They said it's PlayStation now. Yeah, but I was talking about like a Game Pass competitor where that stuff is free and it's like all mm-hmm. of it. So it's PS Now expanded. I I I still struggle with like the fact that they have PS Plus and PS Now. It feels like they should just be one. Just combine them. I'm surprised they didn't do that going into the PS5 generation. I think that was mm-hmm. my prediction that they would find a way to fuse them. Um, but yeah, they're still I, PS now. I'm I'm very <clears throat> I'm very uh, curious to see how that continues to evolve because it seems like there's actually a a like a playership there. Like there are people that mm-hmm. are there's a, there's a high number of people that are, that are subscribed to PlayStation now and do use it, um, but yeah. it's just not talked talked about as uh, like as passionately as people talk about Game Pass just because Game Pass feels like this bigger thing that is that is putting games there on day one and you're getting the first party games there and you're getting all I mean, these things you, that are happening and there. you get your xbox live what do you call it xbox yeah network too and, and whereas playstation is like we're gonna sub- like we set these subscriptions apart and you know you have to pay different for different mm. things and it's like it just I mean, doesn't yeah, xbox like... does still have games with gold correct though no it does yes but, but i mean ultimate does just bundle Pass, that in ultimate uh, yeah, it's all in yeah okay yeah because um, yeah Speak- Speaking of things you won't have to pay for, story number two, you won't have to pay for E3 this year. I'm pulling from Rebecca Valentine at IGN. The Entertainment Software Association, the organization behind E3, is denying reports that some of the content at this year's digital E3 event may be locked behind a paywall. A report today from VGC's conversations with multiple publishing sources stated that the ESA planned to put out at least some portions of E3's 2021 digital show behind a paywall with a, with a suggested premium package price of $35. The report indicates that these elements would be would be along the lines of game demos or some kind of other some kind of extra access and it does not seem to suggest that the conferences themselves would be paid content. 
However, VGC's report indicated that these plans might be tenuous, as at least one major games company had expressed criticism of this, pl- of this plan, and the ESA seemed willing to back down. Its prior reports have, have described a week-long experience in mid-June with three days of broadcast content, as well as ongoing content after, after via an official app. Ideas reportedly pitched have included keynotes from major companies, an award show, a preview night, media and business meeting scheduling, uh, media and business meeting scheduling via an app demos, uh, virtual booths, and merch stores. Following this report, the official E3 Twitter account published a statement directly in response to this report that read, quote, E3's 2021 digital show is a free event for all attendees. We're excited to fill you in on all the, all the real news for the event very soon, end quote. And a further, more specific statement given to VGC from the ESA said that, quote, there will be no elements at E3 2021 that will be behind a paid-for pass or paywall, end quote. Lucy, what, what are your expectations for E3 this year? Like, they, the ESA themselves has not, have not talked about it in detail, and they still will talk about it soon, but it seems like right now all, all we can expect is a digital event and re- what we've got, gotten reported from different outlets. Are you excited for E3 this year? Where do you stand with all that? I am excited for E3, but I mean, like, you know, just selfishly, it's always kind of been the highlight of my year. And I think, honestly, thinking back to the summer games, fests, play for all stuff that happened last year, that for me was a really big crutch and like a really big shot in the arm of what was otherwise like a very down year. I mean, it was so strange and... Honestly, E3, I I hope will be that shot in the arm again. I I don't think you're going to have the... It's kind of impossible to describe the kind of buzz and excitement of what being at a trade show like that is is like to experience because you're in the room where stuff gets announced, you hear the crowd screaming, and you're not going to get a crowd screaming if everyone's watching at home. So I think... It's still still really cool to have these digital events. I think Sony's... um, you know, first PS5, like the big conference they had last summer was like the closest I felt, but it's still going to be a very strange one. But I'm honestly, I'm, I'm glad it's kind of being opened up to everyone. I mean, E3 was going that way anyway, making it half a business show and half a public show. Yes, they absolutely did not get the, uh, like the public show part right of it. Like it was very, very expensive. The lines were too long. The, the rooms weren't set out very well, but Blurring those lines and making it open to everyone so that everyone can get excited is a great thing. However, there are going to be elements of it that you're going to lose. So we talked about it on Console Crew that's going up. It should be up today, actually, over on GameSpot, where one of the really cool things about E3 and any show like PAX or Gamescom is that you weren't, you would compete, like developers are competing for space, right? Some of them are Mm. gonna have these huge booths that cost millions of dollars with like huge animatronics and whatever and hundreds of pods and then there will be like really cool indies or just like you know maybe one or two booths on the microsoft show floor and that stuff is what spreads by word of mouth i remember the first ever time hearing about hotline miami was at a gamescom and it was because a friend of mine was like put your pint down go into see devolver um they weren't even in, in like a parking lot or anything they just had this like tiny little office and they were like there's a game in there called hotline miami go play it and when you have these big, huge online showcases, you are fighting for attention. And it's, you know, it's maybe 10 or more one minute trailers back to back to back to back to back. And that's why like Nintendo directs, especially when they're the indie ones, I find them hard to kind of even focus on what games are there because they just show them in such quick, rapid succession and you get no, I don't know, sense of time. Yeah. Yeah, like so that's what the biggest thing for me is going to be this E3. It's like how the attention is going to be divided between everyone. Yeah, like I I I think so often of the the reels we would see at E3 presentations of a bunch of indie games back to back to back to back that wouldn't even have like the name of the game or the or the developer or anything attached, right? You would just see two seconds of gameplay and then on to the next one, and it's like. Is that really the ideal way to show this uh, this thing off? Like, this seems like a way for when first parties do it to like prop up that hey, there are games here, but those are actual games you're showing that could be done could be showed off way better if you took the time to actually do them justice. And maybe maybe E3 isn't the right uh, venue for that. Maybe doing that in your own indie showcase or finding your own stream uh, or finding your own way to do that is a better way to go. I think that's been a uh, a shift in terms of 
these video game presentations that have happened over the last year that has kind of helped out that a lot like we got we we just got the id at xbox presentation last week mm-hmm. that was four hours long which might have been too long but mm-hmm. at the very least i saw so many games from there that i had interest in or that i wanted yeah. to try out like narita boy came from there and i was able to download it and try it out uh um the new drink box game nobody mm-hmm. saves the world right was was shown off there and that's what i'm super looking forward to in the future and there are there are plenty of other games i can talk about from there too that like uh, the lawnmower simulation game <laughs> that uh, we talked about last week right like there's a, like a, there's a lot of stuff uh from there that i was like man this seems really cool and then you look mm-hmm. at nintendo with nindies you look at playstation and how over on the PlayStation blog, they periodically will drop eight random indie game announcements that will often get people excited and get people interested, which is a way better way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm I like that shift that we're getting. Uh, it seems like each year now, where things are starting to be pl- uh, placed out a bit better. And uh, uh, E3 being what E3 is, and if E3 being what E3 seems like it's going to be this year, I think is fascinating. And I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how they how they do it because I do not have that much faith in them right now maybe they could announce it and detail what it looks like and i'll be like okay let's go but like as of now right the reports we've gotten is it is going to be a three-day digital event they are trying to partner up with uh publishers and companies in order to have their showcases there and it seems like an e3 that is caught between trying to be traditional e3 but then also trying to adjust to the pandemic and what Mm -hmm. uh the industry is kind of evolving into when it comes to digital digital presentations and so i think there's something there especially when they talk about getting games in the hand in the hands of people to demo uh there was a report if uh i believe on the vgc website where this report originated they talked about uh partnering with possibly partnering with nvidia to deliver on-demand streaming in order to do to do, to do demos yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that is a genius idea. I think that I think could work really out. that's really cool, yeah. The problem with it, though, is that I like I, th- I think that could work out. I don't think that works out if you charge money for it, which is what the VGC original mm-hmm. report was. And it seems like they're going back and forth with it. We'll see what pans out. We'll see what doesn't pan out. But I think there could be some really good ideas there if they're able to stick to the right things and not be not feel so tethered to what E3 was mm-hmm. and try and adapt in a way that's good for everybody. I think, yeah, at the minute, it just seems like everything is so in flux. I did see Andy Robinson from VGC, you know, tweet, well, we held off on this because we were waiting for a statement and then everything they've done is just completely undercut what we were originally reporting. So maybe it just seems like the goalposts are shifting all the time. And I mean, we're still, I mean, we're at the beginning of April. So there's a good couple of months before everything gets locked down. Mm. And if it's mid-June where it's going to happen, then yeah, there's some time left. I maybe this is one of those things where it just like it comes together at the last minute i mean i've been involved mm-hmm. in our e3 planning you know i've been at games about seven years and it's like you start having the meetings in january and nothing really starts to get booked until about may <laughs> like mm-hmm. properly like appointments and stuff gets booked in may so i imagine this is probably just going to be a similar sort of scenario Speaking of the whole Summer Games Fest, this is story number three. Summer Games Ooh. Fest Day of the Devs has been announced. I'm pulling from Gabe Gerwin at GameSpot. Summer Game Fest, an event Jeff Keighley began back in 2020 as E3, as E3 was canceled, is back again this year. And it includes a special Day of the Devs celebration that will highlight great indie games. Returning in June, Summer Games Fest will be available on major streaming platforms as well as its official website. And if it's anything like last year's event, you can expect presentations, streams, and announcements over and over a stretch of several months. There will there will also be a musical there will also be musical performances and gameplay demonstrations, and a sign up button on the website will let you know when there is additional information. Day of the Devs has existed long before Summer Games Fest, and it's now in its ninth year. Developers interested in having their game shown can submit using their projects in this form, uh, pro- use, using their projects this form, which, at, ooh, is that a typo? I can't tell. Projects this form, which asks for a variety of things, such as your game's description, a video link, any online game builds, and if you have shown your games at other broadcasts within the last three months. So there you go. The Summer Games Fest yeah. trucks on, does its thing. I like yeah, the idea they- of... of I like the idea of them uh, like asking, like, "Hey, have you shown your your game off in the last three months at a big big presentation?" Because that was one of my big pet peeves last year with the whole Summer Games Fest. Is that like you see the same games pop up at each and every event, and it's like, "All right, guys, we get it. You know, you, you're showing off this game. We understand." Yeah, I mean, I, have you ever been to a Day of the Devs in San Francisco? I've not. No. 
so I went, uh, it was like my first year when I moved here um, and they held it at the Alamo Theatre and it was just the most fun. And you get to see all these games that are just, I think, I, I guess because Double Fine organizes it. So every, all the games that they were chosen had this great sort of just, just unique Double Fineness to them. Like you can tell that those guys would like it that would like them and it was just it was such a fun event and i'm so glad the day of the devs is continuing and i'm really glad that they've got this partnership with jeff and i'm just oh yeah and i also uh someone in the chat two things in the chat someone said it looks like i'm looking at myself no i am looking at the run of show if i was looking at myself i'd be looking down here uh-oh oh no what do you think we're talking about invincible i need my reference material all right <laughs> he was Wait, looking re- for an excuse <laughs> Looking for an excuse, this guy. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Did did he lend you his Invincible comics? Like, why is this? Oh wait, or is this the living room? No, this is just is this is my bedroom. It's just because okay. my the bookcase is in here. Oh okay, I see, I see. Uh, but no, I'm looking at the run of show. Uh, and the second thing, um, someone did say, I someone in the chat, but it's 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 uh, gone now. That Jeff said this whole thing is going to be like a month now. It's not going to be the whole summer. It's just mm. going to be a more protracted. I fell. Can't wait for that to get clipped. <laughs> it's going to be a whole, It's going to be like a month. That's I mean, awesome because you played it off. I couldn't tell until you said it, and I was like, "So that's what happened." Yeah, you can that's tell because I blush. I only blush on like one side of my face. That's fantastic. It also only happens when I eat too. I only get a blush reaction on one side of my face. It's so strange. See, I don't have to worry about that. It's not a problem I have, the blushing, thankfully. Uh, Before we move on to story number four, Mm. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Does it make sense that the same company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they profit by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts. That's why I recommend ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined. But... When you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something that big tech uh, can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. What I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use. Download, download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you're protected. So stop handing over your personal data to big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information. Protect, your, protect yourself with the VPN kind of funny trust to keep us safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash games. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash games to get an extra three months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash games right now to learn more. Lucy, Mm. story number four. Mm. Uh, There are 2,000 digital-only games that will disappear when PlayStation closes its stores. This is Chris Golian at VGC. Over 2,000 digital-only games will no longer be available for purchase when Sony closes the PSP, PlayStation Vita, and PS3 stores this summer. VGC analysis has revealed. Although users will be will still be able to re-download their previous purchases for the foreseeable future, from July 2nd, it will no longer be possible to buy games on the PS3 or PSP online marketplaces, and come August 27th, the same will apply to Vita 2. Of the games set to disappear from the formats, the vast majority are available on other platforms such as older PlayStation consoles or PC. However, around 120 games will essentially become lost forever once the stores close, our analysis suggests. Some titles will essentially become Xbox console exclusives, such as Beyond Good and Evil HD, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, and both Bionic Commando games. In total, around 2,200 digital-only games will disappear after the stores close, including around 630 digital-only Vita games, 
around 730 digital-only PS3 games, a small number of digital-only PSP games, 293 PlayStation Minis, 336 PlayStation 2 Classics, and then around 260 PlayStation 1 Classics, particularly on the PSP and the Vita. There's more detail about that breakdown that you can get from VGC. That is the condensed version, so go over there, give them the click, check give them the click, check out all uh, of what they're able to lay down there, including how exactly they came to these numbers. But again, it's unfortunate. I, I'm not a fan of this. I don't like this at all. Uh, it's sad. It's uh, it's so sad. Also, huge shout out to VGC recently. Like um, Andy and the team of that do incredible work at some incredible, like amazing scoops. And then actually like put in the effort to do the big breakdown analysis like this. Like they've become one of my absolute like first Log in in the morning, go check and see what's going on yep. on GameSpot.com and the VGC. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually right there with you. VGC is awesome, like especially in the last few weeks. I feel like they've been killing it in terms of getting scoops yeah. and in, in terms of when you when we're talking about the whole E3 situation, they have been the go-to source for that specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they've been doing great work. So shout out to Andy Robinson, shout out to VGC, Chris Scolian who did this specific report, mm-hmm. doing the Lord's work. Shout out to you. Yeah. Story yeah, number five. This sucks. This sucks. Oh yeah, this does suck. To be said, this does suck. Do you have, I mean, do you have any PlayStation uh, digital games that you have any memories of or any that you're sad to see leave the store? So in terms of stuff that's digital, definitely digital only. I'm not 100% sure. My Vita is at home, but I'll tell you what I did manage to take from the office before we left. My PSTV. Oh, it's not mine. It's the office. Just a PS PS TV though. A PS TV, and so actually, Jenny, what I might do is see what I can do that because I can't remember if you can like put an SD card in and download stuff onto it. Mm. I might see because my Vita's back in the UK, so I might see if I can get you know like Persona Four Golden, uh, Persona Three Portable, and just see if I can go grab some games. Like we we were playing Metal Gear Solid, and I was gonna try and set it all up and get it from there but instead we just did on pc but it might be a good chance to grab some of those games some of the old ps1 stuff too that i don't have the discs for anymore um i don't know might be an expensive couple months the pst the pstv was one of those purchases that i always wanted to make but i just never i never made because i had the thing and i do this very often and it all it always it all it always sucks me up uh where i'll see a piece of hardware that is not doing as hot as it should <laughs> and i'm like i'll see it on amazon on sale and every time i'm like it could be lower like it could go lower i could wait yeah. for it like how is, how much is this going to be in a couple of weeks and then i get there and the price does lower and then I, again i'm like but could it go lower there Low, lower though. <laughs> like that's that's how i missed out on the playstation classic is the playstation playstation classic launched at like 100 bucks or something mm-hmm. and then the, the price kept going down lower and lower and lower until it got to like 30 dollars, and i was still like Oh, but could I get a deal though? But, like, could I get a deal on this? And then it ended up disappearing because they all sold out. And I was like, "Fuck! Yeah. I should have just got it for thirty dollars." Yeah, it was I, rem- there. I remember when PSTV launched, and it was like it kept getting cut, kept getting cut. And then they mm. announced that they were canceling it, and it just went up. And I saw one, I think, for about hundred or something dollars, two hundred dollars, and I was like, "Ow!" But also, someone in chat, uh, the Shepherd Lord, said you can get an SD card and download onto a PSTV. Boom! The so, more you know. The one, the one instance of me actually being able to follow through and buying a thing, I think, was the uh the steam link i think it was called the steam link oh yeah yeah Uh and like i think i got that for five dollars at gamestop and i never used it (laughs) yeah five dollars and i never used it but i did get a um an ethernet cord from it which is yeah no that was sick it was a Uh, a cheap way to get an an ethernet cable so i remember queuing at Eurogamer expo egx uh 2012 i think it would have been or 2011 I queued for over an hour to get an on-live console, never used it, and instead just um, used the batteries that it came with because my Xbox <laughs> controller batteries had died. And I was like, okay, well, thanks on-live. That's fantastic. You served your purpose. I still have it somewhere. Let's talk about story number five. Lego mm-hmm. Star Wars The Skywalker Saga has been delayed. This is from at TT Games on Twitter. They posted a statement saying, all of us at TT Games are working hard to make Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga the biggest and best ever Lego game. But we're going to need more time to do it. We won't be able to make our intended spring release date, but we'll provide updated launch timing as soon as possible. I know this is a sad one specifically for Barrett Courtney because I know Barrett was looking forward to this one. It looks so dope. It looks like one of the coolest Lego games ever. Just like the gameplay and like how they're like revamping everything and just like full like uh, original voice acting and stuff. Like this seems to be like 
the Lego game, not just because it's Star Wars, but like what they've been doing to build up this Lego franchise across mm-hmm. like the the Marvel ones and the DC ones and everything. Um, it's mm-hmm. just an exciting Lego game coming out, and so yeah, I'm, I'm sad we're gonna have to wait a little longer, but uh, they they can take the time uh, to to make it in the vision that they intended. When was this supposed to come out? I did a quick Google. It was, uh, it was originally to be, like spring. Yeah, this like I got delayed to the spring though because I think it was originally supposed to come out spring last year. Because I remember no, seeing it, it got it, it got announced. 19. It yeah. got announced like when we were in quarantine last year. So no, like, it wasn't. Yeah. No, it was it was E three twenty nineteen. Yeah, really. I remember seeing. I remember seeing it. Um, yeah. On the show floor. This is God. Oh this yeah, is yeah, yeah. A, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. This is a bad year for Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's not great. Like it's not looking Jesus. great. For them. Everything is being delayed from them. Yeah, yeah. No, it, but, it's but it, is but... it one of those things? Just because, like, the they, work from they, home. Yeah, the work for like, is it specifically Warner Brothers, or is it everybody? But Warner Brothers just had more tied to this year uh, that mm. we're already seeing, you know? Um, yeah, or we were supposed to see, right? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think I think this is definitely a video games development thing, just across yeah. the board from all from all devs. Where you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of games get delayed. Like this is, the, I know a lot of people. I saw a lot of people were a little bit bummed about this one because I think this is one that people have been waiting for for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like with the pandemic, with work from home, and also with like seeing Cyberpunk and having, I think that having yeah. that game be be the example of hey, just delay, <laughs> just delay, just make sure your game is polished yeah. and ready to go before you release it. I think you're going to see this a lot. And so this is another one in the list of games that will get delayed this year. I think part shortages as well cannot, you know, can't really be understated how much, like, you know, the difficulties in getting new consoles, not even just new consoles, but like pretty much every single aspect of like yeah. PC gaming. And with Brexit, TT Games are in the UK. Uh, there are new import charges on stuff thanks to Brexit. And mm-hmm. so it's just a whole Omni shambles to use the phrase. Yeah, from the thick of it. there is oh, a there is a shortage going. Like, the the chip shortage. I think we talked about on yeah. this show uh, a few weeks ago. That yeah, that's been affecting everything. And then like I, yesterday, I was listening to Games Daily, and they're talking about how the uh, the Suez Canal blockage. Oh had, yeah, that that delayed the um the Game Boy thing that people were looking for the analog pocket. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's oh, why. Yeah. That's oh, why God. it got delayed. Yeah. And so a lot. It's a series of unfortunate events. So when I say that, I don't mean the book series. I mean legitimately a series of. Unfortunate you mean you events. mean the, the Jim Carrey movie? <laughs> the Jim Carrey. Oh, the Jim. Oh, Carrey do you, movie. Do you mean the Netflix series? The Netflix series, which is actually very excellent. And I need to get back to it because that season one was fantastic. Season two and three are just as good, bless. Really? Okay. Well, that that's high praise. Well, that's high praise. The ending of season three is like weird and whatever, but that's also because the final book in the series was like weird and whatever. But I digress. Oh. Well, speaking of must-watch TV, our last news story, story number six, The Last of Us HBO series uh, will begin filming in July. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. According to the Directors Guild of Canada, The Last of Us HBO series is set to film in Cal- Calgary. I don't know why that made me laugh. I was going like, to say, what happened to the Directors Guild of Canada? <laughs> Put some respect on Canadian directors. It's just an unlikely source when you're talking about Last of Us, you know what I mean? That's according, true. According to the Directors Guild of Canada, The Last of Us, also they have a guild, The Last of Us HBO series is set to film in Calgary from July 5th, 2021 to June 8th, 2022. As reported by CBC.ca, Calgary's you Union for Film and Stage Technicians also confirms that the series is set to begin production this July. Damn, Canada just can't can't hold it in. They gotta they gotta let it all out in terms of all these reporting news. Uh, the Last of Us HBO series will star the Man- Mandalorians Pedro Pascal as Joel and Game of Thrones Bella Ramsey as Ellie. The first season is said said to adapt much of the original game from 2013, but some episodes will deviate greatly from its events. Cool. It seems like it seems like we're going to get this in a lot in a way timelier manner than the Uncharted movie. Thankfully, the Uncharted movie, I know they they're in post production, right? But that movie feels like a fever dream to me. Oh it yeah, it doesn't feel like something that exists at all. I've, like we've seen pictures from the set, we've seen pictures of Tom Holland in costume, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just don't think Bro, it just it, feels it's been around for me. so long that uh, Mark Wahlberg was originally like maybe in talks to play Nate, and now he's oh, yeah. so. Like that's how that's long it's been around. Wild. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember when Tom Holland was announced as Nate, and and everybody was like, "Is he too young?" And now I'm like, "Well, that means a grown man now." You know, <laughs> like I'm sure uh, it'll be fine. 
It's so strange. And yeah, I mean, The Last of Us, I think the the one big thing I've seen a few people in the chat here say, like, it's set to film for for a year. Yes, it is. Is it is it going to be filming for a year or is that count? Is that putting in, you know, pre-production? Because I imagine, it like, seems... if, you're, if you're building huge sets, I mean, maybe not even necessarily. Well, you might have to build sets to give it that full, big post-apocalyptic vibe. Or yeah. at least there'll be a lot of time for post-production to add that in. And it's like a cross-country journey, so I'm sure that's going to take a lot of just, like, different shots, a lot of, like, different, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, whatchamacallit, like, go- going to different locations and, mm-hmm. and and being able to film in order to get that I, to get that feel of traveling all the way from one side of the country to the other. Um, and so, yeah, I, mean, I wonder how much that's going to be. It's also very possible that they have set that time period because they can anticipate that... Um that covid is going to be slowing stuff down because yeah. think everyone's going to need to be if they're not already vaccinated everyone's going to need to be tested frequently you know factor in things like what happened with the batman that kept you know starting production people getting covid robert pattinson and then the whole production being shut down for a bit for two weeks and so it's like maybe they're just factoring all that in because a year does seem like a long time yeah, and a, a lot of people in chat are mentioning maybe they're trying to do that to like capture the seasons, which I would say oh. I had that I had that same exact thought before, like when I originally read the story. But then I was nah, like, is that worth it? No. <laughs> like, would you want to like no elongate your filming? You're filming for a whole year when you can just you can just simulate that, right? Like fall, spring, <laughs> summer, you can just like just add a fucking pop, filter. Pop to the other and, side of the equator or something. I don't know. Yeah, or like, do that, right? Or like if you're to capture snow. To, like, they're not trying to boyhood this stuff, you, you know. Like the boyhood <laughs> exactly. has like that's a lot like, of work. It's like an indie darling, and it's an indie darling because it, it was like literally the passion project of the director. This is still being like ran by corporations who are trying to like make everything Save as money. cost of, uh, effective as possible. Yeah. There's no way that they're like, oh yeah, we'll let you guys do this for an entire year because you want the authenticity, authenticity, authenticity of, of seasons. seasons. <laughs> and here's the thing, nah, right? It's winter time, right? Like you get to winter in Last of Us. Hear me out, all right? Get the intern, climb a ladder, tear a bunch of uh, pieces of paper, and just sprinkle them. Sprinkle them. Boom. Same effect. Look how much money you just saved instead of instead of doing a, a year of filming. The trees. Save the trees. Save the trees. Sprinkle Save the trees. I mean, that's a, it's. I mean, that's a use for trees, right? Like film production paper. Boom. And you can recycle the paper. You can recycle okay. the paper. All right, I'm back on after board. you're done. Thank you. Awesome, we did it. We solved it, everybody. The last is part. The last was HBO series will be here sooner than you know it. Uh, Lucy, I'm very excited for when the last of Us series realistically does come out, but that's probably just so far away. If mm-hmm. I wanted what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? Wait, what? I didn't prep you on this at all. No, you did not. No, I did not. <laughs> if you go to the doc, right, there's like an underlined section oh! at the end of the Roper Report. Boom. The right official there. list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. I was hoping, my hope would be that you, you, you would have heard Greg from the other room do that I transition say, so much. I can only, because I am in so many meetings. Mm-hmm. I only ever hear the jingle. Because that okay, permeates. The rest fair of it, enough. he, I don't know. The, I mean, the jingle is like, for me, it's like, oh, it's almost 11. <laughs> That's actually great. That's actually like a great kind of thing. Michael has the same thing. Right? <laughs> Whenever I start KFGD, he's like, oh, cool. okay, cool. The, the day started. It's 10. <laughs> I, can, I can get up and start doing my work. Out today, we got Middleborg, City of Mages for PS4 and Xbox One, Papa's Quiz for Xbox One, Welcome to the Adventure Inn for PC, and then surprise, we got 30 new games that are available right now on Apple Arcade. I'm going to go through the list, and I have a couple of these that I actually do want to check out because there are some cool announcements here. Going through the list, we got Backgammon, Badland, Black, and these are, again, these are all Apple Arcade out today. Black, <laughs> Chameleon Run, Checkers Royale, Chess, Play and Learn, Clap hands golf, which Bear, I'm gonna pause here. I have a trailer of if you can pull that up. If you if you got a second. If you don't have that ready, I can just go through the rest of the list and we can circle back. Cut the rope, remastered, don't starve, pocket edition, Fantasian, Flip Flop Solitaire, Fruit Ninja Classic, Good Sudoku by Zach Gage, Mahjong That's Titan. really good. Good Sudoku yeah. is amazing. Have you played it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it good? I, I love a Sudoku and it's really good. And it like if you if you've ever been slightly intimidated by sudoku good sudoku is the best place to start honestly it's fantastic. oh yeah right now barrett is showing off clap hands golf and if you notice it is just everybody's golf on mobile wow yeah 
Clapham's developer de- developer of everybody's golf, and they just basically made their own golf game with, with what looks like the same assets <laughs> and the same UI and everything, and that's awesome if you have Apple Arcade if you want to play some everybody's golf. Uh, and so that's excellent. Uh, I also have a trailer here for Fantasia, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, Baron, once you pull it off, pull it up, I'll go through the, the details on that because that's another cool one. Uh, we got Mahjong Titan, Mini Metro, Monument Valley, NBA 2K21 Arcade Edition. Uh, let's see here. Really bad chess. I love that we're getting good Mahjong and then bad chess. That's great. Uh, really bad chess. Reigns, Simon's Cat, Storytime, Solitaire by MobilityWare, Song Pop Party, <laughs> Spell Tower, Star Trek Legends, Sudoku Simple, Taiko no Tatsujin, Pop Tap Beat, The Ooh. Oregon Trail, The Room 2, Threes, Tiny Crossword, Wonderbox, The Adventure Maker, and then World of Demons. Those are all, again, out today on Apple Arcade. Uh, Barrett right now is showing off Fantasia. The reason I want to show this off uh, is because it's a cool one. I'm pulling from Gamatsu, where they write, Fantasian, a new role-playing game from Final Fantasy creator Hironobu Sakaguchi, is available right now for Apple Arcade. The game is playable on iOS, Mac, and Apple TV. Fantasian is the latest from Sakaguchi's studio, Mistwalker, which he founded in 2004. The developer has since released games such as The Last Story, which, pause there, Last Story, very cool game for the Wii, uh, and Blue Dragon. Although Fantasian uses traditional RPG elements like turn-based battles, it's been designed with handcrafted physical models, more than 150 dioramas in all. Oh, that sounds so cool. I saw a few people tweeting about it this morning, and um, I do have Apple Arcade. I am in a family on apple so i got i bought a new iphone and i get a year of apple tv and you can share that with like up to five people and so callie has uh apple arcade mm-hmm. i have that and so we have this family where we all just share stuff and so apple arcade i had it for a little bit when it first came out when it, i think it was free and then i kind of dropped off because i was like i don't need another subscription but now like some of these games in particular like stuff like fruit ninja classic it takes it takes you back but mini metro monument valley um the room two if you've never played the room games oh my god this is incredible another one i want to shout out here is world demons uh, i have a trailer here barry if you can pull that one up to you i'm gonna pull from ign where they give a quick description here <clears throat> how did i miss all these trailers when did you add these oh these were here from the beginning man i don't believe these are here these are always here i don't here. believe you these are always I here i think you're Real- lying you piece <laughs> of shit <laughs> world of demons is an is an apple arcade exclusive title from one of the world's finest developers of action games platinum games after being the first chap- chapter of this title which had a surprise release today i'm already intrigued by its setting and art design which lean heavily on traditional japanese folklore as well as, as its surprisingly complex gameplay mechanics it stands out as a must play on apple's gaming service and more than justifies the cost of a month's subscription if you're not a member already and again like this game looks really cool like it's a platinum game with a really cool art style oh okami this what? does look just that like is, okami that is that is the okami i okay. literally what? thought like i didn't i didn't hear the name of the game and i was like oh they made an okami sequel cool okami is like one of my favorite games of all time and i saw a few tweets today that you know uh, platinum are doing something and obviously platinum was forged from the Ashes of Clover, who made uh, Okami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamiya-san worked on Okami. And, oh my god. I mean, obviously you're not playing as a... Well, I mean, she's... I mean, this playable character does sort of have Ami's uh, coloring. But, damn. Okay. Yeah. Again, really cool stuff from Apple Arcade. I'm very... I mean, uh, there was the meme a few weeks ago on PS I Love You where Greg told everybody to go to my Instagram and tell me to get an iPhone. This is still not happening. I'm still not getting an iPhone. I'm going to rock with my Android. But I'm very jealous of all the Apple Arcade folks. Uh, and so go get them. Play World of Demons if it looks up your alley. Uh, and again, very jealous that y'all get to have that. We got no new dates for you and we got no deals of the day. But Barrett, you know what we do got? We got to squat up. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can write in. Let us know the games you're playing, uh, what squad up requests you have. And we'll read them right here. Just like Alfonso. Alf- Alfonso wrote in with a squad up on PS5 and Xbox. Uh, he says, looking to play Outriders. I play on Xbox because I was afraid my PS5 would glitch when trying to carry over my demo progress to the full game. Up for squad and up on Xbox or cross play with PS4 slash 5. Currently, World Tier 5 and Level 7. If you want to play with Alfonso on some Outriders, you can add Alfonso with the Xbox Xbox username Speaks Space Beliefs. That is Speaks Beliefs. And then on PlayStation 5 with the username Speaks 
underscore beliefs. Sorry, he Lucy, if I threw you off there, I'm just beliefs. I'm I'm refusing to respond to blessing until he admits that he uh, put the links in last second. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah. dude, I like I, I know it's a bit. I did put the links in the before the show. I didn't highlight them, mm-hmm. which is the thing I usually do, uh-huh. and probably was the thing that threw you off. I did not highlight them this time. Uh, I'm always and good so that's at, on I'm me. I'm always good at that's looking on me. for the blue links, mm-hmm. though. I'm always good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think these were here, mm-hmm. bless. I don't know, man. It's a conspiracy. They were there. They were how there the how close before the show did you add them? <laughs> <laughs> they might have been Check the last the thing I added before the show. Okay, okay. On Google Docs. Also, Alfonso mentions here, right? They're afraid of, you're afraid of your demo progress carrying over. I, as far as the Outriders, like demo version, a full version, that should be the exact same process as Xbox, and so you should be fine if you're scared. If you're scared, don't be scared. Try it out. So I played you, the demo on Xbox. Can I transfer that to PlayStation if I log in with my Square Enix account, or do I have to do it again on PlayStation? I think you had to do it. Game. You had to do it again. I don't think you can transfer progress because it's cross-play. It is not cross-progression. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. that's okay. I was playing Pyromancer and I wasn't really feeling it. I do want to try. Uh, what's the what's the class Greg's playing? Trickster. Trickster. Yeah. Yeah. I Trickster is really cool. Trickster yeah. looks really cool. Like Trickster has a lot of flashy moves that I dig. Mm. I switched to Technomancer, mm-hmm. um, mainly for the turret. And at Ooh. first, like it doesn't have that immediate, yeah, like satisfaction you get with Trickster, where immediately you feel like a badass, but. As I'm growing and as I'm developing more skills, I'm feeling better and better about my character because I just got a healing ability. And again, it's very basic. I press R1 and everybody gets healed, but it's useful. People aren't dying. I'm carrying the squad on my back. My shoulders are sore. (laughs) And so it's, it's working out. Now it's time for gotafunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. So you can correct it uh, for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, We got... One you're wrong from MDY who says, uh, hey there, Bless and Lucy. A quick note on the MLB The Show deal. Diamond Destiny mode allows you to buy digital packs of players and generates a lot of microtransaction mm-hmm. revenue. Opening up, opening up to Game Pass users allows for a, a huge opportunity for new microtransactions uh, for both MLB and Sony San Diego. So there you go. Get that cheddar cheese. And Nano has uh, one more you're wrong here and says, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga was supposed to come out October 20th, 2020. Then at Gamescom 2020, it was announced for spring 2021. Mm-hmm. So the game just keeps getting kicked down. But I'm sure when it comes out, it'll be good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. I, I, try I haven't played a, a Lego game in a long time. But I, I loved when they did Lord of the Rings and all the Marvel stuff and all the DC stuff. So I'm, I'm ready. It's been I, like, mm-hmm. they, they released so many in such a short period of time that I kind of got a little bit burnt out on it. But now... I'm prepped. I'm ready. Yeah, I was really impressed by the debut trailer for for that one. Like when they first revealed it, I'm not a Lego person, and I like Star Wars video games. Um, but like a Lego Star Wars video game by itself doesn't do doesn't do much for me. Um, but seeing the debut debut trailer, I was like, "Fuck, this actually looks really cool." Yeah. Like they're going through the yeah. whole thing again. It's gonna uh, be the. I think it's gonna be their most ambitious Lego game yet. The magnum opus Lego game. Yeah, Lego uh, Star Wars game. So I think someone pointed out like they haven't released a, one of these I think since 2018. So like. Oh. They've, been, they've been working, they've been working. Mm-hmm. of course it's friday which means we have a whole week ahead of us next week uh next week's host for kind of funny games daily go like this on monday it's me and tim tuesday it's greg and gary witta wednesday it's me and andy cortez thursday it's greg and tim and then friday it is me and greg uh if you're watching this live right now on twitch after this is mike playing some nintendo games for the first time mike isn't a huge nintendo person so he hasn't played he, like mario 3d world i believe was his first mario and so wow. it looks like he's going to be jumping into games like mario sunshine mario 64 um what else might he jump into you'll have to tune in to find out or you can catch it later on kind of funny plays um but either way check that out show mike all the nintendo love uh will he get will breath of the wild become his favorite game of all time like it should be Again, you'll have to tune in to find out. Lucy, before we sign off, I want to let I want you to let people know where people can find you, what you're working on for for GameSpot, what's up in the world of Lucy. Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, this has been so nice. Um, like it's great. It's always great to hang out with you, Bless and yeah. Barrett. Um, I, it's funny because like the most I talk to you now is like over TikTok. We just like just send each other, yeah. and so gotta say, uh, you have a very well curated feed. You thank you here's the here's the thing yeah. if you're if you're one of my friends on tiktok that i send send tiktoks to which there isn't a great amount of y'all there's a very it's a very close exclusive club. very a very close exclusive club if you're in that group just know that i tailor my tiktoks to you 
All right. If I see a TikTok, I do think I do think okay. This is one that I think Lucy would appreciate, or Come this is it. one that I think a Joey Noel oh, would no. appreciate. Blessings turning into the algorithm. <laughs> I am the algorithm. Well, that's the thing. When I'm sending when I'm sending you TikToks, I am I, that is my algorithm for you. That is a tailored experience for you. And so Lucy, the TikToks like you get from me are very much a hey. This has Lucy energy. I'm gonna send it to Lucy. Just so you know. I- I would like you to know that I do the same for you because I, I send Thank you. I send to you, send stuff to Joey. Um, Greg, Jen, and I have a text thread, which is an extra layer of 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 love and effort. But oh, it, yeah. it, you know, you have to take it out of the app. Um, and also the same for like Tam and Dave. So I appreciate that. It's a sign of friendship. Um, Thank you. Other, other than that, I um, what am I doing? I was on Beastcast this week. Um, you can go check that out over on Giant Bomb. GameSpot After Dark uh, should be up today. We were talking about Disco Elysium a lot because we're playing it on PS5. Um, Console Crew also out today. We're talking about how this is just going to be a weird year for games. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we filmed it and we were like, oh, at least Lego Star Wars is still coming out this year. And then it got delayed uh, because that's always the way. Um, What's going on in the world of me? Well, I'm actually going back to the UK for a little bit. Um, Oh, no. Yeah, so it's, you know, just unfortunate timing with visa stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, state of the world means I can't get an appointment as soon as I would like. And there's just stuff running, like time running out. I have to leave the country by a certain date. It's the whole process, but it's in order. So I will still be around. I'm actually going to be working on like East Coast time. So I will still be very online. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll still be on all of the usual stuff I'm on. I'm just going to be in a slightly different uh, backdrop, which will be interesting. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually got that all figured out just yet. So that's my big thing, which is probably why you can see I have these big tubs behind me that I haven't started mm-hmm. packing yet because I've got to put my stuff in storage. But, you know, it is what it is. That's what's going on with me. But other than that, I've got a ton of games to get through. So if you want to see me talking about Disco Elysium, I'm picking out my favorite Kim lines. You can follow me on Twitter at Lucy James Games. There you go. Lucy, thanks again for joining me. This has been an awesome episode of KFGD. And yeah, good luck with uh, going back to the UK. And, and uh, hopefully you. It'll, you, we'll see you back here again sooner than later. Uh, this is not a goodbye. This is a see you later, I guess. Oh, yeah, this, this I don't is... know. I'm, I'm turning this to like the last episode <laughs> of a sitcom. It's been alone. The music starts playing. It's the end of uh, it's it's the end of Fast Seven, y'all. Y'all. Yeah. I was like, where's the fast music? No, it's honestly, it's 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 a very bittersweet thing because obviously I have to put my life here on pause, but I can't Mm. pretend that I haven't been super sad that I've missed my friends and family. Like I have missed literally half of my niece's life. So that's a very depressing thing to say out loud. But I am gonna go. I'm gonna get to go home for a little bit. I'm gonna get to get vaccinated um, sooner than I would do here. And so there are definitely there's a silver lining to a lot of it. But it it has just been a bit of a stress trying to coordinate everything. Like I found mm-hmm. out you can't use Venmo unless both of you are physically present in the United States found that out Dude, the other day yeah i have a uk friend that i tried i wanted to venmo and they're like what the fuck is a venmo and i yeah, was like we wait don't do a venmo over what uh, yeah i didn't i didn't realize that and so uh yeah good luck again when you're uh, going you. back and and again well i mean the world is online anyway so i'm sure oh, you'll be I hosting kfgs from from the uk anyway so we'll see you back here soon likely i was gonna say i think it would be even harder if we hadn't been working from home from the last year but the last year has shown that you know my friendships with everyone are just as strong even though we can't see each other so mm-hmm it's it's gonna be okay but i pre and like chat's been so nice and supportive so thank you very much and yeah back to the time so you can expect my accent to go all over the place uh when i get back of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we usually have a post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games but today since we've had we've we've run very long um we have a stream that barrett also needs to get to uh because today friday is all over the place uh with all the content we got going we will not have time for a post show so i hope you appreciate the extra 10 minutes on patreon of this episode uh but again I've been Blessing. That's been Lucy James Games. That's been Barrett Corney on the Was and Twos. Until next time, game daily.